Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Paging Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Getting Crash Position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming up, Freaks. I am a betting man, and I would have lost that bet if I decided to bet that the NASCAR race was going to be the same one at Watkins Glen, and the Nashville IndyCar race was going to be the bonkers one, because I certainly would have thought Watkins Glen would have been the bonkers, but nope. Nashville is your bonkers, and hopefully you had a chance to see see that race. We could give you five or six things of what happened during that race, and those five or six things you would not believe. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, a big damn two hours for you, Freak Nation. Brad Doherty, NBA star, former NBA star, NASCAR team owner. You saw him with his coverage with the SRX series on CBS. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Ron Caps, NHRA funny car winner from last week in the Winter Nationals in Los Angeles in the summer. Uh, he'll be joining us. Corey Heim <laughs> running on those general tires with a big win Friday night in the Arca Series at Watkins Glen. And we're going to go Major League Soccer All-Starring with Jack Scahan. What I tell you, Freak Nation? You don't believe the show. You're not going to believe what happened in Nashville. Crasher, we have so much time that uh, we'd love to give to the IndyCar race. But can you put a 60-second uh, highlight reel with for it? us together for the freak nation that didn't get a chance to see the race this afternoon in nashville yeah i don't know where to begin except for the fact that yes the concerts were amazing and a hundred thousand people plus showed up for the entire weekend it was sold out for sunday but holy crap was it nine yellows maybe 10 yellows two red flags and the eventual winner was flying on top of sebastian bourdais at the beginning of the race how he came back to win is just bonkers as kenny would say it was it was quite a debut. I don't know if I would call it successful. It was definitely entertaining, but wow. That's my synopsis. Statman, but isn't isn't any sorry, but isn't any news good news for a series that's mm-hmm. clamoring for crumbs from NASCAR? Not the news that they got today. <laughs> that was that was dumb. I'm, I'm with a house full of people who are marginally interested in racing, largely just because I am. And they watched this and said, why? You know, and then, <laughs> that's not going to help bring people of marginal into the full-fledged fandom. Uh, it, it just, it made no sense. Why they put together a track that narrow where you're going 160 mile an hour plus over a bridge into a 30 or 40 mile an hour left turn that it just, I, it, it made no sense. Some of those alleys ways that they, it made no sense. It was just dumb. Yeah. I'm not officially sure who gave the thumbs up for that track design, but there needs to be some changes for year two. I mean, I guess you could give a brand new track, some sort of mulligan status for its year one. I, everybody came out relatively unscathed. Okay, but there does need to be 
There, there needs to be major changes moving Wait forward. Wait a minute, Crash. I'm cutting you off on purpose here. Yeah. They've designed enough road courses over the years that they should have been able to no. look at that and say, this is not safe. This is not going to be a good show. And it wasn't a good show. If you had, uh, what was it, uh, seven or eight red or yellow flags in the first 40 laps, I mean, that was, it was dumb. And they had two yellow flags and I think a red flag in the first 10. Uh I mean, it just, it just made no sense. And why they thought they could get a car that's, I'm picking numbers here, two 10 foot wide cars through a 15 foot hole. Why they thought that was going to work is beyond me. When Mark Miles, who, of course, is what? What's his title? President of Penske Incorporated or in, whatever. Penske his pot, Entertainment Group. Penske Entertainment, which, again, heads the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar Series. Why he would come out and say something like, this is going to be our Monaco. Well, two things. One, that's an insult to Long Beach. And two, bro, just settle the freak down. Uh, that's something I might expect out of a young driver like Colton Herta, your winner or excuse me, your alleged winner up until he decided to take himself out. A veteran like Miles, you don't say stuff like that because he just set himself and the series up for failure. And when he said that, Crasher, a lot of folks were saying the same damn thing. Let's just cool our jets there, Broham. Yeah, Twitter went nuts with that quote. It, it wasn't exactly, he didn't say that it was the Monaco, but he said it puts it up in the likes of Monaco. But I would love to be a fly on the wall at Chris Pook's room when that was going down. <laughs> Wow, there's a name. All right, man, we're going to resume with some affiliates, uh, more affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Get back into Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes and Brad Doherty coming up. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. More affiliates are joining us at 6 past the hour. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Coming up in moments, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com, the official tire of Speed Freaks. They got a line of tires for your F-150, your F-250, your snappy sedan, your sports car. Don't believe me? Go check them out. Go to GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Oh, this was damn good racing in NASCAR. Wacky over anxious racing, to put it nicely, in IndyCar. I mean, what more should we have expected after breaks in both series, though, right? Let's start with the full slate of stock cars at Watkins Glen in New York. On Friday, Corey Heim bested Chase Briscoe past nemesis Ty Gibbs, then held off Austin Hill all on general tires for his fifth win on the season, vaulting him to just two digits behind Gibbs in the title chase. Then it was time for the trucks on the road course where that name I just mentioned, Austin Hill, was the victor, thanks partly to shortening by Mother Nature. In the Xfinity Series, more of the same names, Ty Gibbs passed and held off one of the masters of the Glen, A.J. Allmendinger, for the win. Gibbs third now in the Xfinity class. Finally, on Sunday in the Cup Series, Joey Logano took honors in the first stage, Martin Truex Jr. in the second stage. But once Kyle Larson took the lead, it was his show and no one else was going to steal his spotlight. Larson was his fifth win on the season as Chase Elliott just ran out of time to make it a two-man run for the trophy. Immediately following was the IndyCar debut race in Nashville, but first in Nashville was the stadium super trucks that saw Robbie Gordon taking race one and then Robert Stout on Continental Tires taking race two. When it came time for IndyCar, hmm, 
Suffice it to say, patience was not necessarily one of the driver's attributes. And a lack of patience on a too narrow track is a recipe for disaster. However, even though there were nine plus yellows and two red flags, at least IndyCar was trending. In the top three topics of the USA, most of the race on social media. I mean, that is a thing now, right? Bottom line, the Andretti cars were absolutely the ones to beat, especially that of Colton Herta. But luck was not on his side or in his mind as he spun into the tires with just five laps to go. He was uber frustrated with Marcus Erickson in front of him, believing that their order was a bad call from race control. However, Erickson used track position to his advantage to take his second win on the season. Oh, all of that after he misjudged the first restart of the day and basically flew, yes, flew over Sebastian Bourdais in the first 10 or so laps. You couldn't script a race like we saw on Sunday. IMSA was up in Road America. It was all Pete Bodorani and Felipe Nascar. And how about Gio Selzy, 19 years old, youngest cool. ever, winning the 360 Nationals in Knoxville. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. 
titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation. Speaking of, I talk about the number of products they've got for your rides. What about your reels? Lucas Oil Fishing Reel Oil. No lie, man. It's a special blend of oil and additives specially designed to lubricate all moving parts. Fresh saltwater fishing reels. Go to lucasoil.com. Check it out. A lot of fishermen, fishermen or fisherwomen, just anglers listening to the Freak Nation. Do yourself a favor, man. Go get yourself some fishing reel oil. From Lucas Oil. We got about two and a half, three minutes quickly here before we get to Brad Doherty, former NBA star, a number one pick overall back in the day. Uh, you know him from his NASCAR coverage, his NASCAR team ownership. But NBC did a, had a unique position today, Crasher, when they went from Watkins Glen to the IndyCar race. This with the umbrella of the Olympics going on. And you made note of really how it was seamless up until we got into this IndyCar race. Well, it was interesting how powerfully during the NASCAR race, they were pimping this IndyCar debut in Nashville. And then once we got over to the IndyCar race in Nashville, because like you said, they were back-to-back on NBC Sports, we get over to the IndyCar race in Nashville, and they did a great job of reflecting back on the Chase Elliott-Kyle Larson war that was going off at Watkins Glen, which was an amazing race as well. So, yeah, I haven't noticed this much togetherness between NASCAR and IndyCar, and maybe it is just NBC doing this on its own, but I think it's a it's a dynamic way to think about the future of marketing these races. These two series, as we have said on Speed Freaks for years, decades even, you should not be competing against each other, NASCAR versus IndyCar. That's not the way it should be. They should be working together like they did today to compete against stick and ball because today it worked and it needs to do that moving forward. It was awesome. I would say that the issue is Nashville and the people in Nashville probably have it in their contract that they're supposed to get so much promotion. They paid for this live broadcast and NBC was probably hoping to get a good number out of that broadcast uh, rather than just another run of the mill NASCAR race that was an hour and a half too long. So uh, I think that it's probably NBC's doing, and they did a good job of making sure that people watched NBC today after yeah. the Olympics was over. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Jeff Gluck also put out a tweet saying that NASCAR is hurrying up and getting ready to go back to green very quickly each time today. It seems as if they've been quick on the cautions because of needing to get the IndyCar race on time on TV. And yeah, it just further emphasizes, you're right. I mean, TV drives everything. This this is probably a promoter, a Nashville, an NBC thing. Freak Nation, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks, the website speedfreaks.tv. Coming up next, as promised, former NBA All-Star, NASCAR team owner, broadcaster, Brad Doherty, all seven feet of him. Coming up, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. It's the Stan Man. Let's get it. Oh, no. 
Many rightfully criticized NASCAR for its lack of diversity, but a giant in the sport left us. Sam Bell Navis blazed trails in NASCAR. He was the sport's first African-American team owner. He was part of the NASCAR executive team. And if you remember Hall of Fame driver Bobby Allison's relationship with Miller Beer because of Sam Bell Navis, he managed Miller's sports marketing department when that paperwork was signed. Bell Navis teamed with Travis Carter to field the number 54 Ford for Todd Bodine and the U.S. National Guard. He was the chief diversity officer and part of the ownership team at Roush Racing. Bell Navis helped launch NASCAR's Drive for Diversity. Sam Bell Navis changed an industry in the second half of his 81 years. His fingerprints are all over the sport. People like Michael Jordan and Brad Doherty stand on his shoulders as they own teams tonight. Thanks, Sam. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Rolling around like your front page news. 21 years, Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios, Statman, Crash Battis, Kenny Sargent. Yeah, 21 years of doing this thing. Uh, thank you guys for being a part of it. The website, speedfreaks.tv, all over social media. And again, this segment brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to lucasoil.com. Check out the line of products to keep your rides on the road. It's the first time out of these 21 years that Brad Doherty, former NBA star, uh, now motorsports famous, uh, Brad Doherty, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And, and Brad, why in the hell did it take 21 years to get you in the Freak Nation, buddy? <laughs> You know, that's a great question. I, I have no idea. Uh, you guys do a, an incredible job. You've got an incredible show, incredible platform, and just appreciate uh, you all continue to perpetuate the message of motorsports. But but thanks. Yeah, we, you know, it took a while, but I'm here and glad to be here. Brad Doherty joining us here in the Freak Nation. Stat, man, and myself are quite familiar before you joined the ranks of television and ownership in NASCAR of what you did on the court in the NBA and in college. But I would say that the majority of people prior to you joining the ranks of motorsports had no idea that you were a former big-time basketball star. How long did it take people to actually find out that you had a previous life? You know, it's it's been interesting. Uh, it, it, it Once you see me, you kind of start – if you can't figure it out, <laughs> you probably got something. Got something wrong with you, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not the average uh, bear when I'm walking around the racetrack. I'm I'm a really I'm a tall guy and pretty large. So uh, either I had a career at, at picking oranges or I played basketball. I mean, it was it's pretty obvious. And uh, so you know, you can ask me one of the two, and you kind of figure it out. And then you know, it goes on from there. But the thing is funny. I've been racing since uh, I've been racing since the mid '80s, and it goes in cycles. I mean, people, I've been in the, in the NASCAR cup series for over a decade, uh, go back into the, the Xfinity of Bush series and then the truck series. And there's still people that I, I see today. And I do the broadcast for NBC on the weekends that just have no idea that I I'm involved in, in, in racing and they just can't, they can't seem to, to put it together. It just bothers them. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just, you know, I get it every week. So my last, you know, you you play basketball. How or why are you involved in racing? And it's like, I, well, is it illegal? Is my, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> uh, 
It just well, bothers people. I don't know. I guess because I look like a basketball guy, I'm supposed to be playing basketball, <laughs> which I did, by the way. So I don't know. Isn't that interesting, though? I feel like over the last 18 months, blame COVID, thank COVID, whatever, we've we've gotten to know each other a little bit better around the world. And I find that people are so they're so fascinated with putting people in these boxes. And sure. once you're in a certain box, you can't okay. do anything else. But it's like, come on. No, we are human beings. We can absolutely spread our wings and go in multiple different directions. And you are the perfect example of that because you have interest in real estate and other business developments. What's this new thing you have going on with Octagon? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah, I've been uh, – so I was a client uh, with Octagon for about 30 years. And so I was – when I was drafted uh, in 1986, uh, it was Advantage International. They've since became Octagon. Uh, I chose them as the agency to represent me, to be my talent agent. And so we've been together for over 30, what, 35, almost 35 years. And wow. throughout the years, uh, I've done a lot of things. I've done some broadcasting. I've done some TV and uh, my motorsports stuff. And then I've done uh, a little bit of, of consulting and some business things. So uh, Phil DiPicciato, who's the chairman of our company, uh, started talking to me about a year ago. He's like, you know, I'm always calling you as a resource. And, uh, you know, there's all these different tentacles that, that come from Brad. And uh, why don't we look at creating an opportunity where we can be impactful and give back um, to, the, to the sporting community and, and in some way, shape, form. So myself and some other executives at octagon got together and we we came up with an initiative to really help uh you know athletes as they get to come you know to the, towards the climax of their careers uh, tr- helping them figure out ways to transition as well as uh young entrepreneurs um in 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 sports who are interested in things outside of basketball maybe we can help them uh, create some platforms to get into some different uh, business opportunities in a smart way and a accountable way. And so Octagon has, has given myself and Marvin Lewis and Eddie Pope and Mike Luit from the NHL, NHL, he's putting us together and we're kind of the think tank to create some opportunities for the, uh, the NBA and the NCAA and the national hockey league and the NFL and any and all. So it's an exciting endeavor. And uh, Octagon has given us all the resources and tools, the educational tools to help people, uh, uh, athletes in particularly to transition into their second act. So uh, I'm kind of the best guy for that because I've had like three or four acts. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And Olympic athletes, I would imagine they would fit inside what sure. you're trying to do as well. Absolutely. You know, we all as athletes are so hyper-focused on our careers, you know, and a lot of us from, from a very young age, very early age, and you see yourself and if you're lucky enough to play, uh, at the highest level in whatever sport, uh, you know, you as a kid, you see yourself in those big moments, but you don't really think about, you know, retiring. And you, as a professional athlete, you retire very, very young. So you have the rest of your life, and uh, you have to understand and 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 entertain the idea of having, like you say, a second career. And what is that? How do you do that? And the same thing for for college athletes and. And athletes in general, you know, once the, the air goes out of the ball or the race car stops, you run out of fuel. What do you do next? <laughs> and how do you do that? How do you intellectually engage uh, your hopes and dreams and, and take those steps at a usually, at a, you know, like I said, with professional athletes, you're 
a pretty much pretty, you know, full-grown adult. How do you do that all of a sudden? It's very difficult. So hopefully we can help them transition. Brad Doherty, is it natural for you to be in business? Many athletes think they could play forever, uh, but is it natural for you to make this transition into the business world? You know, for me, it really started uh, when I was playing. I had the good fortune. Um, so my, my mentor was, was Coach Dean Smith, and I, I just so blessed to have had him in my life for, for so many years because he was that, that mentor that would kind of always he'd put a hand on you, a firm hand on your shoulder and kind of guide you in a direction. He'd let you bump your head or scrape your knee, but he would always let you kind of figure it out. And then as you started to figure it out, he would channel you in a certain direction. And so I remember when I, when I first got into the, made it to the NBA and, and you know, you're, you're chosen to play a professional sport. I'm a small town kid from a, from a little town of Black Mountain, North Carolina, up in Western North Carolina, you know, a little farm kid. And you never think about the economics of life as you're you're growing up. You just want to play ball or drive a race car or do those things. And uh, so I, I've become the first pick in the NBA draft in 1986. So, you know, financially, my life is going to change dramatically. And I remember my first year in the NBA, uh, Coach Smith, before I left to go play for Cleveland, he told me, he says, all right, he said, I need your permission, but you're going to do this. And I said, okay. He said, I'm, I need to have access to your finances. He said, I want to see what you're doing with your money and, and help you manage what you're doing as you go throughout this journey. And wow. this is someone I trusted with my life. So, you know, if someone said that today, we would all get you know, lawyers involved and have this person probably put in jail for trying to do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and and as I got uh, a little way into my first year in the NBA, uh, my first couple of months, I, I would get a call. I would get a call like every two weeks after the first two months from Coach Smith, and he'd be like, "All right, I see where you bought, you know, a, a, a second car. I saw where you bought this." He's like, "Why do you why do you need that?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I made a little bit of money. I, you know, I, I always had an old raggedy car. I bought myself." A nice car. He said, I didn't say that. You bought two cars. Why do you need two cars? You're one person. So he would, it was this every month. And so it became a running joke for all the guys who played in the NBA who went to North Carolina. When we were playing the <laughs> Lakers, James Worthy, we would be standing there before the game just catching up. He'd be like, man, Coach Smith called you. Said, yeah. He called me yesterday. He's like, I know, man. He called me on Monday. He's like, I bought a Rolex watch. He's giving me a hard time. He wants me to take it back and give the money. And then so when I would see Michael, whenever we play the Bulls, he's like, you get your call from Coach Smith? Like, yeah, I got my call from Coach Smith. He's like, oh, man, he's on me too. So we were just blessed to have this person in our life. So to answer your question, so when I got halfway through my NBA career, I started thinking about, you know, what am I interested in? And I've always been interested in cars. and I, I've always tinkered with hot rods and did all these types of things. So there was a gentleman who was giving us vehicles, courtesy vehicles, to some, to some of the starters, uh, and he was a sponsor of the Cavaliers, and same with Jim Herrick, and he owned this uh, car dealership in Cleveland called Liberty Ford. And so I was talking to him one day, and I just asked him, I said, you know, I want to know, I want to learn how the car business works. And he says, well, how much do you want to learn? I said, I want to learn from soup to nuts how the car business works. He said, all right. He said, whenever you have an extra two hours in your day, 
call me and you come out to the dealership and I'll start showing you how things work. So for the next two years, every time I had an extra hour or two after practice or after shoot around, I'd drive out to his car store and he would sit there with me and he showed me the basics on how to run a car dealership, how the automobile industry works. And so we started, you know, in, in the front of the store and he showed me, you know, this is all the accounting. This is the numbers. This is what it looks like. This is how you floor plan. And then he took me to the back of the store and showed me how the dealership made money. And so I could understand the revenue streams off of oil changes, off of, you know, whenever there was a recall, how he got his money. I, and so I started, and I did this for two years. And uh, after my, my second year of doing this with him, I said, I, I want to get in the car business. And he said, okay, what, what type of car dealership? I said, well, I want to I be a Ford dealer. How do, I, how do I pursue that? He said, all right, I'll help you pursue that. So that's where I got kind of, I had two, two guys, two gentlemen in my life, and Dean Smith and Jim Herrick, who kind of pushed me down these paths and gave me opportunity to learn and gave me access to learn. And from there, uh, I just flourished. And so I ended up getting into the, the car business back in the, the 90s and uh, ended up having multiple dealerships and uh, over the years and, and ended up selling those. I still own a car dealership in Tennessee. And so that kind of got it started on, from the business side and through all the, you know, the peaks and valleys and the, the pitfalls and the winds, you know, you, you, you learn and you grow your business acumen. And so when I talk to young people today, it's funny. I was just talking to a young man who played for the Dallas Cowboys. He's like, his career is over. And he told me, he says, I want to start a business. I said, well, you don't know how to start a business. That's the problem. We all make our, make our money playing pro sports and you make a significant amount of, of income. It's got to last you the rest of your life. And you think that you can walk from something that you're great at into something you have no idea what you're doing, and you're also going to be great at that. And that's a problem. That's where the majority of pro athletes get themselves in trouble uh, financially. And so, like I told the young man, you, you don't have, you know, and he hasn't finished his college degree. I said, so that's a hindrance. But the biggest thing is you have no experience. So if you want to own a McDonald's one day, I suggest you go and get a job at McDonald's and work at McDonald's for the next three years. And so we talked about that. So that's where it all started for me, and then it just kind of crescendoed from there. So Brad Doherty, I was in a garage once at Fontana with Michael Jordan, and all the people were hanging around his motorcycle team. Yeah. And the conversation seemed like a locker room. Yeah. Uh, and I want to draw another step into a boardroom and to see what similarities there might be between you've been in all three. Are yeah. the similarities the same? Uh, somewhat, you know, you have there, there obviously is the pecking order. And I think the thing that, you know, when you're in a boardroom uh, compared to a locker room, um, the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest difference is obviously decorum. <laughs> 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 So, but smell, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, the emotions and the, the theory and the thought and everything, you know, it's all along the same lines, you know, and, and, and most board, the thing that I learned from sports that's helped me in business the most, especially 
uh, in boardroom situations. And I'm on a couple of different boards. I chair a couple of different boards. I think, you know, when you build a team, the smart teams and the best teams are ones that are built with uh, obviously very, very talented individuals, but eventual individuals that can be held accountable. That, that's what that's the most important thing. The same thing in business. You know, w- when you're looking at any area of a business and you're sitting and talking to if, if it's a, if it's a manager uh, uh, in, in a certain part of a brand of a business and they have the they're selling Q-tips and you're talking to them about their Q-tip sales and in their weakest regions and why they're struggling. You may offer some advice, but you want that person to be the expert. And so same thing on a, on a basketball team or a football team, okay? I want my offensive right guard to know his job better than I know his job. You know, I, I want my, my district manager uh, in my, my sales, you know, in my company to know his district much better than I know. I just want to be able to add some, some, some detail, some thought, some theory, maybe some think tank type of opportunities in both uh, that creates growth. And I think that's the thing you learn, especially being in a competitive environment, because the one thing you do, I figured out is the competition in the boardroom is, is ever, it's, it's, it's the exact same. I mean, that, that competition is high. Ego is high. And, and a lot of times that ego leads to a lot of success, but we also know what comes with that ego. Same thing in sports, you know, that ego, you have to have, tremendous ego to be successful uh in sports and and because you have to have such self-belief and and the same thing in business so uh it's an interesting dynamic in parallel um it's just like i say the decorum is a little different brad doherty nba star nascar team owner broadcaster he's Worn many hats. Uh, I go on and on. Brad, can we talk a little motorsports maybe? Let's do it. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Brad Doherty, can you stick around for the second break? Sure, absolutely. More with Brad Doherty coming up. Speed Freaks Pits in the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, motorsports radio redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Bowling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. We're back with Brad Doherty. We continue on our conversation with the uh, former NBA star, college basketball star, uh, NASCAR team owner, NASCAR commentator, go on and on. Uh, Dean Smith, a uh, best friend uh, back in the day. Uh, w- listen, we had Ray Evernham on last week. And again, he was, he was the one that suggested prior, I mean, after we contacted you, that you got to get Doherty in the Freak Nation. He's got some stories. <laughs> But the one story that he told was you two during the SRX racing broadcast were doing your damnedest, or at least he was doing his damnedest, to crack you up before <laughs> you went live on TV. Is that true, Bad Doherty? And so, was he using was he using the Martha Fokker term to get you to uh, crack up? <laughs> so let me tell you, man, I, I've known Ray Everham forever. And I will unequivocally tell you he is the smartest guy in all of motorsports. He is absolutely brilliant. Now, if you hung around us, you wouldn't think that. I will I will preface that because we, we are a couple of idiots when we get together, and we love to laugh. I did 10 years, actually nine years of television with Ray. We did the pitch studio work for ESPN uh, many several years ago. And it is just unbelievable to listen to him and, and to, and to talk to him about his, you know, racing theory, as well as the physics and the knowledge and the engineering. It's unbelievable, but it's also fun to go on a motorcycle ride with him across country and (laughs) bounce in and out of every dive bar in the country and just, just see the different personality, but yeah, he man, he he wears me out. He we laugh all the time because we don't take ourselves too seriously, 
And we love to be around people that really think they're special. And we just will, I mean, it's, it's, we will, it, he is the best. He'll have a conversation with this person who's really thinking a lot of themselves and, and I'll be standing. He's kind of looking at me while he's talking to the person and he's having a really serious conversation. <laughs> and then the person walks away and then he'll give me these big eyes. Like, can you just believe what that person? Yeah. He, he is hilarious. So yeah, he's always trying to get me to crack up and I'm gonna crack up anyway. That's just kind of who I am. And had a great time doing the SRX series. I mean, his, you know, everything that, that went into that series was his brainchild, and it just came off without a hitch. Uh, unbelievable racing, unbelievable competition. The competitors, world-class, uh, you know, drivers, just, man, what a fun, fun atmosphere to go to these short tracks around the country and put on this show two hours on a Saturday night primetime TV and, you know, 10,000 people in the stands and, a million and a half people watching. It was absolutely a blast. That sounds like, Brad Doherty, when you mentioned you and Ray Everingham going into a dive bar, sounds like <laughs> the beginning of the joke. And <laughs> it usually was. Oh, it usually was, yeah. People taking you seriously. I just had an image in my head. Here's this seven-foot <laughs> black guy walking in with this six-foot white guy. And they can't help oh, man, but I've been to something's about to happen here. Oh, we we've been all over, been into you know riding motorcycles and Sturgis, and dead, just craziest place. You would never believe some of the places we've been. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I've got some stories. I've been around. Well, give us like one. Them. Come on, don't leave us hanging there. Give us one. <laughs> Brad Doherty and Ray Everham. Un unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have anything that's G-rated funny. So we'll leave it at that. I just, I don't have, I don't have anything. Let me, I'll keep thinking as we go along. If something pops up, I'll see if I can slide it in. Well, let, let me jump in here real quick. Brad, yeah. our name is Speed Freaks. Uh, we've done our dangdest to, uh, see, I just used dangdest to damnedest. We've done our damnedest <laughs> to uh, keep, keep things above board. But Lucas Oil, General Tire, they've stuck with us for 21 years, and it certainly hasn't been because of our cleanliness as a radio show. We're called Speed okay. Freaks for a reason. Yeah. So right. PG-13 works. I think our affiliates and all of our audio apps will go along with that. So you could stoop as low as PG-13 if you can oh, come I up with something, that. okay? All right, all right. So all I, got right. A great, I got a great story. So <laughs> this is, uh, oh, man, this has got to be maybe six years ago. It's really when, when, when Twitter was really starting to kind of take off, okay? And uh, we were doing... The pre-race show, myself, Rusty Wallace, uh, Nicole Briscoe, Alan Beswick, and Ray. And so every week we're going to these places. And, and what you don't know about Ray is, is Ray has an, he, he is a very cerebral guy, but he's got a he's got a, he's got a little bit of a temper, and, and it's really funny. He he get he get really fired up, and so because uh, and I I loved it because he. You know, Jeff, Gordon, and Rusty used to go at it all the time. And so Ray and Rusty, I sat between them. We worked on a set. And they it would get a little, you know, and I would kind of egg it on a little bit. I'd be like, man, Rusty. I'm like, how overrated is Jeff Gordon? And Rusty just would take the bait. He's like, oh, I can't stand Jeff Gordon. He's like, yeah, he got all this. He couldn't drive a net. And so Ray would be sitting there. And then Ray would be like, yeah, but, you know, how many championships? So I'd get it started. I loved it. Then. Those two would almost go nose to nose. So anyway, we're sitting there one day, and I was I was kidding Ray. I said, Ray, I said, man, you always trying to fight. 
I said, you too little to fight me. But he's like, I know. He says, I'm not scared to fight. I just So Ray's sitting there, and he's like, man, you got to get on Twitter. I said, I'm not getting on Twitter. I'm not talking to any Twitties. I got, I'm got. i not talking to people who are in their mama's basement. It's not going to happen. He's like, you've got to do it for your business. I said, all right. I said, what are you, how's it working out? He says, man, I got all these people following me. It's great. I'm going to use it for my business stuff. I said, okay. So we go another week. And we're sitting there, and we're we're good, we're, we're going air. We got to sit there. We got our coat tie on, but we just got blue jeans on. And I think we're at Phoenix. And we're up on the hill, and Ray's sitting there, and he's looking at his phone. He's doing his Twitter, and we do a hit for the TV. And all of a sudden, the guy comes on. He says, "You got a five minute break," and Ray flies out of his chair, and he goes out the door, and he's gone. And then Rusty's like, well, "What's wrong with him?" I said, "I don't know." And so I go out the door and I look and there's this big dirt bank and Ray is headed up this dirt bank. Now he's got a coat and tie and he's dressed real nice and he's pulling dirt. He's walking up the, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, this guy has been MFing me for the last 15 minutes on Twitter. He's at the racetrack and I'm going to kick his ass. I'm like, Ray, what are you doing? You don't know who this person is. You don't know. He's no. He said he's up here at the top of the hill, and I'm going to go, and he's getting ready. I said, Ray, are you crazy? You don't. This guy could be standing up there with a gun or 20 people. Get your ass back in there. What are you doing? So I had to go and had to get it and bring him back. He was fit to be tied. And so we sit him down, and he's all sweaty, and we got to be on TV. And he is absolutely enraged. I was like, yep, at Twitter. Aren't you glad? Gonna gonna build your brand. You're gonna build your brand by climbing some hill, fighting some hill jack who's gonna kick your butt. And then how are we gonna explain this on national TV? Oh, he was beside himself. So that's one that's one little Ray Evernham story. You don't mess that's with Ray. Awesome. Well, when we when we get you back in here for video, all right, yeah. at a later later date, have one or two for him because he's we've got video of him talking about you that will show you. During our next video, next interview, all right. <laughs> so wow. Can you can you basically confirm that Ray Everham and Rusty Wallace do not send each other Christmas cards? No, that does not happen. No, no, yeah. no. So that was legit in studio. Oh man, almost ten years. Those we had to sit. I had to sit between those two, and it was they were. I'm telling you, and it was just it was so easy. And I'm like a I'm like a third grader man i just love i just love the, the the aggravation and i just would sit there and i'd be like man i remember ray you guys at richmond were so good with jeff because you know that's where he wrecked rusty, wrecked rusty real bad that time and ray and rusty about the king ray took a swing at one of his and i'd say it with my back to rusty and rusty be like yeah but you know i won richmond like seven times and then ray be like yeah but we won four championships and they all, it, it was just great it was great it was it was great. I loved it. Every week. It was my play toy. I mean, I, it was just my shiny object for about nine years. I could just sit there and manipulate these two. And they would are it was just awesome. And then one would walk out. And, you know, Rusty would walk out and Ray would be like, Man, I really don't like that guy. You know, he just does or, or Ray would walk out and Rusty would be like, He thinks he knows everything. That Jeff Gordon couldn't drive a nail. He was an idiot. Oh, I just loved it. I'd sit there, I'd be like, I know, man. He was so overrated as a race car driver. I can't believe it. I can't believe he won four championships. They must have been giving them away. 
Authority. Where in the hell have you been for 21 oh. years? I mean, we we are the instigators of all. Why? Where is this? Come on, buddy. Yeah, good stuff. Have, the, good stuff. The four of us could have instigator 101 classes on oh, Zoom. Just sit, play with my. Like I say, that was the shiny object for about nine years for me. I couldn't wait to get in that pit studio. And those, it was just awesome. It was awesome. All right, Brad, we'll end it with this. Okay. I get aggravated when people I'm – a, I'm a music fiend, sports fiend, motorsports fiend, and I get aggravated when I see this on, on Twitter, your favorite avenue for social media, <laughs> where people put the Beatles or Rolling Stones. Yeah. Same thing about LeBron, Michael Jordan. Sure. That Why in the hell is we as human beings try and compare – to, to the two of the greatest yeah. bands and two of the greatest basketball players and argue about it. Yeah. Where does, yeah. where does Brad Doherty stand on that? 100% because we're stupid. Uh, <laughs> that's all there is to it. We, we have to have something to argue about. We have to be witness to the greatest this, the greatest that. It's the dumbest argument ever. It doesn't work. You can only, the only way you can, can quantify who the best is, is by position. So if you want to say Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard ever, Michael's the greatest two guard ever, LeBron's the greatest three, I think Bob Pettit's the greatest power forward ever, and Kareem's the best center, that's a legitimate conversation and argument. But the whole Michael versus LeBron, that's just that's 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 just idiocy. And it's it's media driven, to be honest with you. True, because it gets true. people, you know, everybody wants to say, well, you know, because what happens is the people from their era get all hyped up about well my era is better than your era my guy's better than your you can't do it's just like watching the olympics two weeks ago we get beat uh in the olympic games by spain and kevin durant played horrible he's terrible he played great the other night well he's best player in the world you know we just we these huge these huge exclamation he's the best player in the world okay all right compared to what i mean i mean uh, i thought you know it's just crazy it's crazy how we do it today, and everyone buys into it. And it's just, it's just like politics. You know, we're so mm-hmm. we're so divided in our country because of politics. And everyone, people just aren't smart enough to see that politics use us all. They just yeah. use us all. It's no good for any of us. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever. It's all garbage. But we're not smart enough to see that. We all, like, oh, we're I'm affiliated with this party. And, you know, you Democrats are doing this. You Republicans are doing it. Just like with this COVID, this is the craziest stuff. You don't know what's right, what's wrong. I mean, what can we just who can give us some facts? Just give me some facts. I don't care what your your you know your opinion is. Give me some facts. And we just can't we can't do that in this country because everyone's got a platform. Everyone's got something to say. And if the the more negative it is, the better. It's just crazy. Who would fact win a mo- is fact is Brad Daugherty just crushed it in his first Freak Nation interview. That's a fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who would who would win in a muscle re- muscle wrestling contest? Uh, Rusty Wallace or Ray Evernham? Oh, I'm gonna call Ray and ask. I'm gonna call both of them. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna stir that up. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love it. I gotta talk to Ray. All I'm right, that's on Twitter. Ray. Put it on Twitter. Ray said. Ray said. Who <laughs> kicked your butt? And then I'll see Ray and I'll be like, man, I talked to Rusty. And he wished you did take a swing at him that time. Oh, these guys, are, they're so competitive, man. I said, you guys are old. You know, old has been. Nobody cares. It's great, though. I love it. I love it. 
Well, BD, let's uh, let's don't, don't be a stranger, man. This is fantastic. Uh, if you ever got some time you want to fill, uh, we're happy to <laughs> help you fill it, buddy. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me on. I'm gonna get on this plane here and go, but I'd love to do it again. Yes. And uh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank Brad Doherty, you. thank you very much. All right, take care, guys. Got to be honest with you, Freak Nation. I did not expect that out of Brad Doherty. You talk about the guy with stories, Statman. I don't even know if you need a beer or a big fat cigar to get even more stories out of the guy, but his travels throughout motorsports and basketball and life should be documented. <laughs> a seven foot black man in the NASCAR world has stories that he doesn't even realize. He probably won't tell them all because he's used to so much craziness. You've got to, he's got stories Going into a dive bar with Ray Everingham, that's the biggest one. You know, that's the beginning of a stand-up comics routine. I know you you spent the majority of your time in Los Angeles. You're a big Lakers homer. Were you a Cleveland Cavaliers fan uh, on the outside looking in from time to time? Do you remember his tenure with the Cavaliers? I remember it a little bit. Mostly, I was a Lakers. I was a Michael Jordan fan. And the Cavaliers were in the way of Michael Jordan, so I didn't pay much attention to the Cavaliers. I was a big fan of his, especially when I found out that he had some motorsports interests. And he even brought it up, talking about his size, talking to these drivers in the pits, the SRX series specifically, where we saw it when he was talking to Tony Stewart. He he is all of seven feet talking to dudes who may, may peek out at five 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 six and you know they're looking up at him going holy smokes this guy's about to whoop my ass if i say the wrong thing yeah he's just he's just a large man (laughs) but it's it's refreshing that he knows and cares about motorsports the business that he's in well i know my goal is to get in a dive bar with him and ray everingham here sometime before i crap the bed because that would be (laughs) just and just roll tape that's it. Just roll tape. News at 11, Freak Nation. Coming up in the second hour, man, a big second hour. Corey Heim rolling on those general tires. Your ARCA series winner. He'll be in here. Also, Ron Caps, NHRA winner from last weekend. It's a big second hour. Coming up, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. <laughs> Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of Speed Freaks, and it's a big second hour, Freak Nation. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. We're rolling on them general tires, feeding the fury with Lucas Oil. Go to lucasoil.com or generaltire.com. I've never said those words in 21 years, (laughs) but I just did there. So (laughs) let that sit in your freaking pipe and smoke that bad boy, Freak Nation. Uh, Coming up this hour, Ron Caps, NHRA Funny Car winner from the Winter Nationals. 
Yeah, uh, the what last weekend of July, first weekend of August, the Winter Nationals in Pomona. Uh, Ron Caps, he'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Corey Heim, rolling on those general tires Friday night or Friday afternoon, evening, Watkins Glen in the ARCA Series. Your winner, he'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Major League Soccer star Jack Scahan from the San Jose Quakes, he'll be here in the Freak Nation. Crasher, we talked a little bit about this last hour, how it was evident that NASCAR was pushing through their race, thank goodness, pushing through their race quicker than usual in order to leave plenty of room for NBC and the IndyCar race. Uh, Granted, it's a road course. You didn't have the same droning that you have on a lot of the ovals. It was entertaining. Still a little bit too long for my taste. But it was notable that, yeah, it's, listen, you got the same seven and a half year old I do. It's, if anything's over two hours, it's still too damn long, man. But it was evident crash. Instead, I know you saw this too, that it, you could tell they were pushing through it, which I commend them for. And I want more. Yeah. I think that many of NASCAR's races, and we've gone to war with, with the Twitter verse on this. Many of NASCAR's races are too long. Formula One sets a great example at basically two hours. IndyCar follows it pretty well. And a lot of the sports car races, much the same. Two hours is about our attention span in motorsports, especially with all the other things we have doing in the summertime when people can go out and do barbecues and pool parties. And you don't want to sit in front of your TV all freaking day, even though that's what we did today with NASCAR and then IndyCar and then sports cars all on NBCSN. But for the most part, you don't want to have to do that with one racing series. Three, if you are planning for it, okay. But one, no. So, yeah, I commend NASCAR for shortening the race a little bit today, unintentionally or intentionally, whether or not that was for IndyCar's purposes. Which means they know how to do it yeah. and yes. refuse to. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Well, maybe, Stat, come on, man. I know it's tough for us to do this, but maybe let's give them the – okay, let's not give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> They've, look, they've surprised us with some things over the last 16 months. Yep. Maybe they will find a positive out of this and find a <laughs> – I find this funny that Major League Baseball uh, for years has tried to cut anywhere from three to four minutes overall off of their you know, three three hour and 15-minute games. And argue about that. Argue yes. about ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's out there. Granted, at least with motorsports, car racing, you have movement. I don't care if they're in the other than red flags, you have movement on the field of play, the track. In baseball, you have so much damn downtime. And I didn't mean to get in well, okay, I kind of meant to dig this rabbit hole, but not to get in there <laughs> head first. But at least with motorsports, NASCAR specifically, you have cars moving on the track the entire time, and you don't have a bunch of dudes sitting around scratching their balls, uh, making uh, making illegal shifts, in my opinion, and throwing some illegal substance on their freaking baseball. Wow, uh, to to yeah, again, I don't need to get into that. But just the fact that we had a reprieve stat, man, of a of maybe 10, 15 minutes of a NASCAR race. Thanks to the IndyCar race was nice. Well, I also kind of liked how it forced the drivers to be more up on the wheel, as you know the drivers like to say in their little cliche statements, but it forced them to race with more intensity and with more urgency. That, I, as a viewer alone, I can totally appreciate. 
And in the bigger issue, it might be good for NASCAR to know that they aren't the only show in the motorsports town. It was fighting's words, Statman. Statman Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent coming up. Ron Caps, NHRA Funny Car winner from Pomona last week. Thanks to our friends at Lucas Oil, the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals. Uh, he didn't join us that Sunday night, so he's going to join us tonight talk about that win and other things. And Corey Heim rolling on those general tires for the ARCA Series win in Watkins Glen. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. More affiliates are joining us at six past the hour. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Coming up in moments, Crash Gladys, pit news and notes. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com, the official tire of Speed Freaks. They got a line of tires for your F-150, your F-250, your snappy sedan, your sports car. Don't believe me? Go check them out. Go to GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Oh, this was damn good racing in NASCAR. Wacky over anxious racing, to put it nicely, in IndyCar. I mean, what more should we have expected after breaks in both series, though, right? Let's start with the full slate of stock cars at Watkins Glen in New York. On Friday, Corey Heim bested Chase Briscoe past nemesis Ty Gibbs then held off Austin Hill all on general tires for his fifth win on the season, vaulting him to just two digits behind Gibbs in the title chase. Then it was time for the trucks on the road course where that name I just mentioned, Austin Hill, was the victor, thanks partly to shortening by Mother Nature. In the Xfinity series, more of the same names, Ty Gibbs passed and held off one of the masters of the Glen, A.J. Allmendinger, for the win. Gibbs third now in the Xfinity class. Finally, on Sunday in the Cup Series, Joey Logano took honors in the first stage, Martin Truex Jr. in the second stage. But once Kyle Larson took the lead, it was his show and no one else was going to steal his spotlight. Larson with his fifth win on the season as Chase Elliott just ran out of time to make it a two-man run for the trophy. Immediately following was the IndyCar debut race in Nashville, but first in Nashville was the stadium super trucks that saw Robbie Gordon taking race one and then Robert Stout on Continental Tires taking race two. When it came time for IndyCar, hmm, suffice it to say patience was not necessarily one of the driver's attributes. And a lack of patience on a too narrow track is a recipe for disaster. However, even though there were nine plus yellows and two red flags, at least IndyCar was trending. In the top three topics of the USA, most of the race on social media. I mean, that is a thing now, right? Bottom line, the Andretti cars were absolutely the ones to beat, especially that of Colton Herta. But luck was not on his side or in his mind as he spun into the tires with just five laps to go. He was uber frustrated with Marcus Erickson in front of him, believing that their order was a bad call from race control. However, Erickson used track position to his advantage to take his second win on the season. Oh, all of that after he misjudged the first restart of the day and basically flew, yes, flew over Sebastian Bourdais in the first 10 or so laps. You couldn't script the race like we saw on Sunday. IMSA was up in Road America. It was all Pipo Durrani and Felipe Nascar. And how about Gio Selzy, 19 years old, youngest ever, winning the 360 Nationals in Knoxville. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Ron Capps joining us here in the Freak Nation. 21 years of doing this thing. And a lot of those 21 years, Ron's been in here. Ron's won a hell of a lot of races and championships in the mix. But let's go back to Pomona. And the story coming out of Pomona 140, 150 ambient, excuse me, 150 track temperature, ambient temperature up to 100 degrees. That, outside looking in, that doesn't bode well for men and women in fire suits stuck in the cockpit of a non-air conditioned race car. Did you ever question going down that racetrack when it was that hot? No. Uh, And I saw the problems that Justin Ashley had. In fact, I just read where he, he actually talked about him not eating the right thing. And I'm not sure I'll see him in Topeka and ask him, but about not eating right on Sunday. And it's, 
that plays such a big role into it. Yeah, you got to you got to do all the right stuff and you got to expect going to Denver. Usually that's the issue in Denver. Everybody has. And, um, you know, I always try to watch what I eat. Don Perdome years ago, believe it or not, uh, Snake made a comment to me that uh, never left my brain. And it was um, a, a hungry lion hunts better with an empty stomach. And that sort of gave me an insight to what he was talking about, but it was eat right and not eat a lot um, of whatever you eat. So I have a big breakfast in the morning at every race. And then I go in between rounds with a, a maybe half of a, a protein bar with low glycemic or, or, or no glycemic and pace yourself throughout the day. There's races. I remember working with Blaine and Alan Johnson. Blaine would never eat on Sundays. And so I watched him and he was one of the best. So you, you just got to pay attention to your body, but eating the wrong thing and too much during race day is a, a killer. I mean, that will ruin your day in a heartbeat. So um, I was fine. I just, I've been doing this long enough. John Force, when I came in, he was whooping everybody in funny car and you heard him. He was saying donuts and coffee in the morning. He was not lying. I hung out with him a lot and that's what he did. And there was a cup of coffee in between rounds and, uh, and he's not the best specimen in the gym or maybe now, <laughs> but he wasn't back then. You know what I mean? So when I came in, it was Al Hoffman and Chuck Etchells and John oh. Forrest and these guys weren't in the gym. I'd see him going to the track in the morning while I was in the gym, but, uh, I watched what they did and it kind of took a little bit from that, but the Don Perdome kind of, you know, taught me years ago, how, how to race on Sunday, how to stay hungry per se, I guess, if you take it that way. Well, that being said, Leah Pruitt finally gets a win since, uh, I think it's been since 2019, your teammate. And we know Leah very well. We know, we know all, the, all you guys very well. And we know you don't want to win by a solo pass. Have you ever won a big-time race with a solo pass because that person never showed up or there were, there were issues prior to lighting up the, the funny car or dragster? I mean, it's happened early in the day, but I don't think I've ever had that happen in a final round. Um, that's a great question, Kenny. I, I don't No, I don't think so. Um, and I actually heard Smoke went over and uh, while he got out of the car the first time, I guess he went over and threw up in the stage lanes while we were getting ready to run right in front of them and grabbed ice out of his motorhome and brought it back to try and help the kid get uh, Justin Ashley get good enough to get back in the car. Um no, I don't think I've ever had a bye. You always joke. You're like, the, you, people ask you about who do you want to race or who's the opponent you don't want in the lane. And I always say BYE, Mr. Bye is the best opponent because <laughs> you, if, you, if you know you got a bye, it's such a relief. You just go upstage, you try to do your thing, and you go for lane choice for the next round. So I can't even imagine rolling up in a final, already know that you've won. So um, yeah, that's strange. Kenny, are you trying to allude that some fans think that that's not a real win? Because she still worked her ass off all day and basically all year to finally check off that win column for 2021 and 2020, to be perfectly honest. So it's still a big win. Are you trying to say that fans don't look at it that way? Kind of like in oval racing, a fuel mileage race? I'm, no, I'm not insinuating that at all. I just know the fire that burns in caps and every funny car and top fuel pilot, they want to beat the best. Uh, and and, and, necessary, and and a buy in the other lane in your final race. Come on, man. Ron knows it's about the freaking fans, and the fans got a, a, a single. I have had somebody shut off. I, while you guys were talking, I remember Gary Dinsham, I think, shut off in Phoenix one year. And I'm screaming at Ace, my crew chief, on the radio because I didn't know if he got shut off at the line, right? Did his burnout, something happened. If I stage a car, if I go out and cross the center line, normally that's a first or worse, and you're disqualified. Uh, so I wasn't sure if he doesn't even take the tree 
I was going to go out and shut the car off to be safe. I, and he said, no, run it through. And I said, are you sure if I don't go out and something happens and cross center line, then I lose the run. Cause that, you know, you never know with the rule book. So I'll never forget that I'm screaming at Ace who I never scream at, but I'm trying to say, Hey, you sure. And we ended up going low ET in the final round on a single because Gary shut off. But uh, that was the only time I can remember ever making a single round in a final. You say Ron you Kipps, sh- I uh, listened to you talk about the um, in eating, having your body right. I can imagine a lot of people, especially guys in that race for four or five hours in NASCAR, they probably laugh. You're only racing for four seconds. But the way you talk, those four seconds can be very tough to get ready for. Well, yeah, it's funny because we we have these extreme surges of adrenaline for each round. So you've got to do that. Hopefully you do that four times in a day on a 16 car ladder, right? Um, if you get to the final round, you've, you've done this four times. You've got to get up like nothing else and you've got to be ready because your opponent is trying to make you look bad. They're trying to leave on you. I mean, they're doing everything they can. These teams are battling each other. So you've got to get up and then you've got to relax. So you pack your shoot, whatever you got to do in between rounds, but you've got to manage that. And it's not easy to manage. Um, I guess like the NASCAR guys, it'd be like having some caution laps. You can collect yourself, your dick trickle, you take a smoke. If you're, uh, you know, whoever, you take some fluids and uh, and relax a little bit on cautions. But for us, you, you don't have that luxury. I mean, you got to go up and you got to be your best. And then you've got to you've got to find the, the happy place for those highs and those lows because they're extreme. And uh, and that's why we're out of breath when we get out. And I, I think what started me more than anything on making sure I was good, especially the Denver race. But it's really applied to a lot of these tracks we go to in the hot in the summer and the humidity is my early time with the, the prelude to the dream. Uh, back then, a lot of the NASCAR guys, Tony had just won his first championship, I think. And they were taking uh, Pedialyte before it was available really to go buy in these little packs that are flavored. Now, it was straight Pedialyte like you'd get in a hospital and it tasted like crap. I mean, it was like it was like uh, and I hate scotch. It'd be like scotch. It was like, oh, but you, these NASCAR guys back then were pounding this stuff right before they got in the car in these hot tracks and just sweating it out, right? Um, and that would hydrate you and get you ready. So I was doing that. Thank God they came out with the flavored stuff later on because it was terrible. Um, but without actually having an IV, that was the best thing to do. And I wasn't telling anybody in drag racing I was doing it, but it definitely helped me on these tracks. And there we were at the end of the day and a grueling track where guys are throwing up and they're passing out. And I, I felt okay. What is your go-to now? Well, I don't have a sponsor yet. Hint, hint on any, <laughs> uh, <laughs> any drinks, but, uh, still Pedialyte. I mean, that's every morning uh, I'll wake up and whatever flavor my wife has shoved in my, my shaving kit. Um, that's usually in, in between rounds. Like I said, I've got these protein bars that are very low glycemic. So you don't get the, the sugar highs and lows with it, but you get, 20, 22 grams of protein. And depending, and it's funny, between between rounds, depending on who I race next is whether I'll go a full bar or half a bar. I mean, it's that, I'm that meticulous about it. I don't want, you know, I got friends that are USC fighters. You don't, you learn, you don't want too much in your belly or here's what you want. Here's the amount of time that it takes for that protein bar to get in your system, little things like that. So I've taken all this advice from, from people in other uh, sports, I guess, and tried to apply it to being the best funny car driver I can be. And, oh, and okay. I don't want to be, yeah. 
yeah. Explain that. Who is worth a half bar? Who is worth a full bar? I guess uh, I need I more it. explanation on it. that. I'm leaving. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> I knew you'd hit me up with that. Yeah. See, that it's fascinating. Well, I don't want to offend anybody, but um, no, you won't. It's just like I raced Bob Bodie, right? First round, the kid, right? Bob Bodie Jr. Going to college at Arizona State, hops in a funny car for his dad on weekends, and. This kid ran right next to us first round. I mean, if we made a mistake, he was there. And he's been doing everything right in the car, a rookie. And he said he didn't sleep all night because he had to race Ron Capps. And I was like, kid, I still didn't sleep all night, no matter who I raced first round, including their car. So it just depends on how the day's going. And I, and I like to pay attention, I'm sure other drivers do, on how people's lights are in eliminations. I don't necessarily go off qualifying. And I always have people, JR and Robert Height and guys, Matt Hagen, says it to me all the time. He's like, dude, I watch qualifying lights and you're like bouncing around and all of a sudden race day, you're like killer. Good. I'm glad they're thinking that. Right. So there's different things I do in qualifying, but it depends on how Robert Height, J.R. Todd, Matt Hagen. I mean, you start going down the, the list of the guys that, and girls that are always there, always on the tree. Don't make mistakes very often. Um, and then there's people that may play a little bit of a game you got to be ready for force um sometimes guys roll in a little deep you know what they do so you just you don't want to get too amp but i i know you know listen robert heights probably the guy that um him and jimmy proc are probably the cream of the crop when it, you go across the board especially here um last couple of years so and my my teammate hagan so you just you try to focus on what they've done all day and look and see and um so I don't want to go off any more names. You guys <laughs> get people mad at me. I'm amazed. Ron, I, I, I'm truly amazed at how much is going on inside of these four seconds, uh, especially as it relates to nutrition and conditioning, uh, mental awareness. You know, you just don't get in the car and smash it. We've known that a long time. But this conditioning and nutrition, I'm stunned. Well, now that I've given up all my good secrets, stat. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I learned, I've learned being able to go race this other stuff, jumping in a World Outlaws car, uh, racing the Prelude of the Dream, going road racing in uh, mid Ohio, testing with IROC uh, at Talladega in the middle of summer. Little things like that. When I get to race with these guys that, you know, that I get to learn from and talk to on a casual basis around other type of racing, you learn these little things. Um, you know, it, it's always been fun for me to, to be around somebody that I really admire what they do in their sport. And Alexander Ross, he's my teammate there in IndyCar, race Formula One. So I can lean on people like that if I ever have a question about something. And trust me, man, I make notes. And and it really, I've applied a lot of that to uh, to what I do over the years. I'm getting older, but you know what? I still feel 22 and I get up and I race like I'm 22 and I want to whoop these guys' butts. I don't care if it's John Force like last weekend in the semifinals. To me, he's still 22, man. He finds a way to scratch and claw and get it done. So you just got to be on your game for uh, for anything. Are you on your game for your SRX invitation, your SRX Racing Series invitation? We'll see, man. I, you know that was so exciting to watch, and you know there's a lot of scheduling conflicts they got to work through. But but how they did it with different drivers was cool. So. Yeah, seeing Smoke now at the track, he's right there in our pit area. Of course, Leah and I share um, the hospitality area with our teams and winning together last weekend. But I've uh, been friends with Smoke for a long time, and 
uh, Ray Abraham, of course, got to race a prelude with him. So we'll see. Man, it would be an honor to uh, to be invited. And if scheduling conflicts work out and they can work it in next year, whatever they do, it, uh, I can't even imagine. I've just get to talk to all those guys about how those cars are. Paul Tracy, um, big horsepower, not a normal race car that they're used to. It just seemed like, God, it's going to be a blast. Well, Ray Everham told us a couple of weeks ago that he is very interested in getting an NHRA car together. So in case of scheduling conflicts, you guys could share duties with, let's say, a Doug Kalitta or maybe somebody who's not racing full time. Maybe Who knows? Maybe an Ashley Force would go in there. Who would you likely or who would you want as your teammates in that drag car for the SRX series? He's well, going to offend more people car. here. No, he's not. NHRA car. So we got to have Ray put a couple of packs of parachutes on the back, right? <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, God, I don't know. I've said it time and time again. I mean, there's some very talented people in drag racing. Um, I've ventured out and raced a lot of different stuff. But to me, pound for pound, the best driver uh, is Doug Coletta. Um, watching him as a kid in the high banks of Winchester in a midget or silver crown car. Uh, he's still the guy. I've gotten to go race different dirt races with him, and he still jumps in as smooth as ever. So, you know, uh, I couldn't – couldn't. J.R. Todd's another one I've gone racing with. So there's lots of people. Cruz, him and I did the prelude. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, whoever they pick would be great. And I, I'm going to love whoever to watch if they pick. Don't pick me and somebody else. But uh, I certainly, like I did in the prelude, anything I go do, I want to make our NHRA fans proud to have a drag racer and do well and try to bring back the car – Unlike a lot of the drivers this year in SRX, bring back the car in somewhat of one piece. So, uh, yeah, nope. Yeah, we'll see. Ronnie, thanks, Broham. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Coming up next, ARCA Series winner rolling on those general tires, Corey Heim. He'll be joining us. And in about 20 minutes, Major League Soccer star Jack Scahan. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 21 years of doing this thing. Go to lucasoil.com to find the right product to keep your rides on the road. Get yourself a speedboat. What about a motorcycle, sports car, an old jalopy, as we called it back in the day? Go to lucasoil.com to find the product to keep your ride on the road. Uh, This guy found everything to keep him on the road and back into winning mode after what happened in June on a road course. His name is Corey Heim, your winner from Watkins Glen, running on those general tires here in the Freak Nation. Everyone's quoting your comment about we brought everything to the track to win this race. What does that mean, Corey Heim? I think the main thing is, you know, this year we've been racing, you know, back-to-back so much that, you know, it's been kind of a struggle sometimes to, uh, you know, have all the necessary sim time and all the notes that we could possibly bring to the racetrack. You know, Venerini, I think they have, you know, 13, 14 full-time employees, and, you know, everyone's working as hard as they possibly can, but... You know, recently, I think everyone's just really taking it up a notch and just put everything they can, working really late nights and early mornings to do everything we possibly can with all we've got. You know, we don't quite have the resources that maybe um, some other teams have. And it's just, you know, been a little bit of a struggle in these in these back-to-back races. But, you know, like I said, I think recently everyone's been really working their butts off, trying to do everything they can. And this weekend, we did a lot of work to try to, you know, maximize every ounce of speed that we could possibly get out of our cars. Corey Heim, ARCA driver, winner at Watkins Glen. Corey, in the 21 years we've been doing this, 25, 30-year-old, 35-year-old drivers have told us it takes a while 
for them to get up to speed, to talk the language to a a crew chief, to get them to understand what's needed in the car. You're 19. Are you able to do that now? Yeah, I think I have have some work to do, you know, as far as my feedback in the the actual race mode. But I think in my practice and a test session and, and in sim as well, I think I've done a pretty good job of relaying feedback and everything inside the race car. But, you know, in in race mode, you know, it's kind of just hard to focus on all the cars around you and everything that's going on with race strategy and pit strategy and everything like that. And also, you know, think about what the car is doing. So a lot of that's a little overwhelming for me right now, but I think I'm getting better every race, you know, as we go out through the year. But um, as far as practice and everything goes, I think I do a decent job of that. ARCA Series winner from Watkins Glen, Corey Heim, running on those general tires, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And you've got a website, shop. CoreyHeim.com. If we had a camera on you right now, Corey, would you be drinking out of your number 20 coffee mug? <laughs> uh, not right now, but I do have one sitting at my house, and they do come out really, really nice. So um, if you're interested in something like that, definitely go to ShopCoreyHeim.com. And got a lot of other stuff other than that. We have some shirts and T-shirts and uh, hats, and we also have a bunch of other miscellaneous items as well. So uh, head that way if you're looking for some merch. You know, at one time... It wasn't cool, at least in rock and roll, for rock bands to wear their own gear. And you don't see a whole lot of motorsports drivers wearing their own gear. Is it cool now to wear your own gear, Corey Heim? You know, I've always heard it's kind of bad luck to wear your own stuff, so I've always kind of avoided it. And I am a little superstitious in that aspect, so um, I've avoided you know, wearing my own merchandise, but I definitely tried on a time or two just to see how the material comes out and everything like that. And uh, I can tell you for sure that everything that comes out of my shop came out really good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I never really wear it around in public, but I'll definitely at least try it on once or twice. <laughs> that's fast. Okay, so what other superstitions do you have? You opened that door, now I want to go through it. Oh, gosh, a lot. You know, on race day, I have to wear a specific kind of underwear. <laughs> um, definitely have to do the same pre-race routine time and time again. Um, there's a lot of stuff, really. Like, none of it, I don't think, you know, is week to week. I think it's kind of the same thing every time for me, but um, I don't know. It's, it's almost become so much of a, you know, same thing every week that I can't even remember <clears throat> everything that I do to prepare for a race. That's kind of a superstition. It's just kind of like if I don't do it right, I have just like a bad feeling going into the race. Like I don't, I don't feel prepared enough or something just feels off. Does it start when you wake up? Like if you get out of the wrong side of the bed, do you start cursing yourself and then get back in bed <laughs> and then start it over? <clears throat> Not quite that bad, but definitely, you know, I definitely feel like if I don't prepare the right way, like I have to have some espresso in the morning before a race and to wake me up and definitely can't eat too much like fatty foods or else I don't feel very good and and greasy food, stuff like that. So um, maybe it's not like specifics, but it's definitely like kind of the principle of like what I do in the morning to prepare for a race, like even hydration, really, if I, if I don't you know drink enough for electrolytes and water and stuff like that i definitely feel like i'm not prepared enough and i feel like that also kind of affects my my luck and my superstitious you know side of things as well just because if i don't do everything i can to prepare for a race like why am i even here you know it's kind of my mindset sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you prepare the mother nature just wins and this weekend was a tough one for you you brought up hydration dehydration was going around the the nascar pits when it comes to the truck series or xfinity series or arca series you had to battle with that. That was hard, huh? Yeah, it was definitely tough. Um, I haven't done a double header in a while, but um, I definitely feel like if I hadn't, you know, hydrated as much as I did and eat as, eat as well as I did, it would have been tough. So, um, you know, for the most part, I've done some double headers in my past and some late model stuff, but this is 
definitely one of the harder ones. Um, I think, you know, the truck series race was definitely uh, one of the hotter races I've done this year. And the ARCA series wasn't that bad because the sun was going down. But um, I think I prepared well. I'm definitely pretty faded after those races, you know, pretty tired. But I think most of it's just, you know, the day after a race, you're normally cooling down and everything's kind of, you know, pretty mellow. But after uh, after the ARCA series race, you know, you had to strap right back into a truck and go, go at it again. Corey Heim, your ARCA Series winner, Watkins Glen, running on those general tires again back in the Freak Nation. Buddy, thanks for doing this. Good luck. You got you still have a hell of a season left in front of you to, for you and Ty Gibbs and company to battle for that championship. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we got about seven races left, and some of the tracks on the schedule are, are definitely right in my wheelhouse. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate it. Again, Corey Heim rolling on those general tires for the big win in the ARCA Series Friday night. Coming up next, did the race meet the hype? in IndyCar, and San Jose Quakes Major League Soccer star, Jack Scahan. That's next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motor Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV TV and MAV TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24 7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Right, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Twenty-one years of doing this, Freak Nation, and of those twenty-one years, Lucas Oil has been a part of it. Thank you, Lucas Oil. Go to lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com to find the right products to keep your ride on the road. Coming up in about four, four and a half minutes, Jack Scahan, San Jose Quakes, Major League Soccer star. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. We got about three and a half, four minutes stat crash to kind of put a bow on this IndyCar race in Nashville. Did the hype match the race? I'm going to say it did and even more for all the wrong reasons, being uh, you've got cars climbing on top of each other. You've got incredible <laughs> speeds over a freaking bridge that might as well be a drawbridge. You have uh, fans and fan stands that don't make it up in time for the race. Or did they, Crasher? Did you find out if those stands they made it did. up in time? They did, but they were not there for Friday. They were not there for Saturday, and people bought three-day tickets. It was still... A cluster, and it never should have happened. Grandstands need to be your number one or at least top five priority. And, and, and that's just off the track. On the track, I mean, Statman, you got Colton Herta, uh, one of the youngest drivers in the series, who has the calmer, cooler head than some of these veteran dudes out there that are pulling moves that even their blind mom wouldn't make. Well, it, I've said for years that drivers can be pretty dumb. I would never do what they do, but that, you know, that the track is too narrow. Whoever designed it is too narrow. Mm -hmm. You can't go 160 miles an hour into a 30 mile an hour turn. You can't meander around through these alleys and expect to have cars that don't try to pass each other. Drivers generally aren't smart enough to know when they can't pass. So it didn't match the hype. I expected a good race. And uh, it was laughable. I guess, though, I do agree with some people on Twitter. What can we really expect? I mean, these are supposed to be some of the best drivers in the world. But what can we really expect on a brand spanking new track with one month coming on back onto the schedule with one month off? These drivers have had hardly any practice. So was it scheduling that just did this all wrong? Should Indy have been before this weekend in Nashville instead of the other way around? I I absolutely think so. We can expect a good race. We can expect a good show. We can expect a safe show. This was neither, and it was not any of the above. Drivers were crashing into each other. It was laughable. Well, I find it funny, though, Kenny, that you say Colton Herta is the man with you know, arguably the cooler 
the cooler head against all those veterans, and then he takes himself out at the very end. It's just, what a bizarre overall. I mean, he had the best car. He should have won that race. It's just insanity to the max. That's a great point because through the majority of the race, you just saw these veteran errors. And then towards the tail end, he, Colton Herta takes himself out of the race. And then that's when the, that's when the young teenager, he's not a teenager, uh, kicks in and does that. But Well, he was upset you, because Marcus Erickson being ahead of him, I mean, I would be upset too. You are looking at a guy that almost flew over Sebastian Bourdais. And meanwhile, he's leading this race. Of course, Colton Herta thinks that race control made a bad decision by him even being ahead of him in the first place after one of those those pit exchanges. So oh, it's just, there were yeah, so many weird decisions. In any sport, in any athletics, you got to know when it's winning time. And it was winning time for him, and he blew it. Maybe he'll true, learn true. from this lesson. Freak Nation, yeah, we could spend two hours. We could spend two hours talking about this, but damn it, that's why we call ourselves Speed Freaks, because we cover all facets, assets of sports and motorsports. Jack Scahan, a Major League Soccer all star, uh, big time. Uh, defender, midfielder for San Jose Quakes. Always good to get Major League Soccer here in the Freak Nation. Statman, the anointed Columbus Crew mascot. Uh, I think he'll vouch for, <laughs> for that. But uh, Jack Scahan joins us now here in the Freak Nation from the San Jose Quakes, Lucas Oil Studios. <laughs> Scahan, a guy like yourself, uh, a young guy like you, who were, who were your Pele's of the world as a, as a kid? I mean – Messi and Ronaldo. I think anyone in my generation would have to say that. It's just, it wasn't really close when it comes to those two. Was it the style of play for you? Because soccer players talk about the style. Fans talk about the style of players. Was it that or just the fact that the, the, their numbers were just astronomical? Both. And for me with Ronaldo, it started when he was at United, when he was playing in England, because his style then was just... I mean, it shot off the screen at you. It was just so impressive. And um, and then, of course, Messi is just on another planet. So it's both. Did you understand the style of play early on? No, no chance. I can't sit here and say I did. To be honest, a lot of that didn't come to me until really college where I was starting to understand what I was watching in terms of not just, you know, these guys are so good at what they do, the technique, but the style, the tactics, and the different playing styles per club really tell us in college. And a lot of that had to do with just being around people who were smarter than me in terms of soccer, in terms of my teammates. It didn't really matter, though, right? When you were playing in high school or playing with clubs, it didn't matter that style was a part of the game yet or that there were certain nuances per team. It didn't matter until college, right? No, it didn't. Because especially when you're growing up and playing it's you know it's who's who's a good athlete does well who's technical does well because not everyone is so wait a minute you were self-taught then your skill for the most part at least the basis of it was self-taught well yeah I mean I grew up playing at clubs and we did mm -hmm. things but in Memphis especially in my age group there just weren't many players and so um I think no, I can't say I was self-taught because I had good coaches and grew up in clubs, but a lot of it was uh, just putting in time. But that being said, Jack Scahan here in the Freak Nation, that being said, yeah, when you think of big boy soccer, you don't think Memphis. You don't. <laughs> no. 
but you still had to separate yourself to get a call from North Carolina. Can you walk us through that process? Were there other teams out there, other schools that said, we want Scahan on this bench or on this field versus North Carolina? There were other schools, but I wasn't crazily highly recruited like some of these guys. Um, I had the benefit of having a coach who knew Carlos, the head coach of UNC, and he recommended me. And then so because of that, Carlos came and watched me. And I think that what he saw was, okay, he's a good athlete. I can figure it out. You know, we can work together and create a good soccer player. North Carolina, now California. You've lived in some pretty vastly different areas. Do you have a food favorite in all three and something that you might miss now that you're in California and not over in the south or southeast? The food, yeah, it's crazy. I, <laughs> I've learned to eat healthy being here, and it's a process. Because in Memphis, you don't eat healthy. You eat barbecue and <laughs> fried food, and, um, and I miss it, yeah, all the time. You can't find it out here. That's just the, you just can't, you can't find anything like it. But if you have a good game, if you, I mean, you got to treat yourself. If you're working your ass off and you finally crush it in a game, you need to treat yourself with some barbecue, good or bad. Just find some and treat yourself. For sure. I haven't found one yet. Crasher, listen, you're, you're throwing softballs at this guy. He's born and raised in Memphis. He goes to North Carolina uh, sorry, bro. I'm I'm from Texas. There's no barbecue better than Texas barbecue. Oh, here specific. we go. What? Come on, man. Kansas City can suck it. Uh, Kansas Texas City's is not the, close. I agree. Right? Right? <laughs> okay, you guys agree on that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Have you found anything that's comparable to your homeboys in in Memphis as far as no. barbecue goes? No, nothing. And maybe I'm not looking enough. And maybe it's just my instinct telling me that I'm just not going to find it. <laughs> maybe i've just accepted the fact coming here that it's just not here so <laughs> well, maybe a road trip up to san fran there's got to be yeah. something in that city barbecue yeah. in san francisco crash there's got to be a, what the hell is that seafood and wine and all that stuff but come on there's got to be one good corner barbecue bar of some sort if, if you know of one i'd love to hear it because okay. i'll go i'll Keep go right on. now People on social, shout out to Jack. He, or, yeah, he needs it. <laughs> Jack Scahan, what's your favorite barbecued meat or poultry and why? A pulled pork sandwich. Ooh. Oh, um, there are a few spots in Memphis that are just incredible. Or ribs, and I like wet ribs. It also has a little bit to do with the Q sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the key for you? The sauce has to be... <laughs> Normally, and in North Carolina, the sauce is vinegar-based, and in Memphis, yeah. it's not. And I, I hate the vinegar base. I didn't like the North Carolina barbecue either, so I think I'm just picky. So what did wow. you do there? Come on, that's a long time, though. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. But in college, we were broke, so <laughs> we, we ate what we could. Did you ever walk through campus and look over outside of the library or the quad there and say, whoa, what's up, Roy Williams? I didn't ever see him. What? No, I mean, I would see him from a distance, but it was pretty cool. I'm a huge Tar Heel basketball fan. I've been for life. That's got to be kind of tough, though. I mean, Memphis is there, – there was a – what was his name? Gosh, back in the 80s, Smith comes to mind, where this young freshman put uh, Memphis on the map. But uh, that's got to be strange for you. Grant, I know a lot of your folks, your family went to UNC, but you're there in Memphis. It's kind of a hotbed for basketball. Now you're out there on the West Coast where you have – UCLA, you've got Stanford, you've got Oregon up top, and uh, you have numerous teams that are badass in basketball. You're gonna you're gonna fly those 
UNC colors? Are you going to be ballsy enough to do during the Pac-12 basketball season? 100%. I Whoa. hope that they play at Stanford, <laughs> and I will wear my UNC gear to the game. No doubt. You'll be all by yourself, but you'll be loving it. That's all right. I bet See, we'll win, too. Listen, Skahan, you're a young dude, and your Twitter account kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm listen, not good on social media. Yeah, you're not good. You're not good at all. But that's what Whoa! you do, bro. You want to get some cool followers. You start rolling into Stanford, USC, Washington, you know, places like that. On San all Jose. his free time? <laughs> yeah, with, with UNC gear, bro. I mean, you, you talk about haters, but the lovers that you'll get, that's how you increase to get to get that blue mark and a few thousand more followers, bud. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> I have to do something. I'm the, whatever I'm doing isn't right. Social media is hard these days, though, especially when you're an athlete. I mean, come on. How much free time do you really have to work on something that you're staring at on a phone or a computer screen? Yeah, and I just don't – yeah, I don't think I'd be good at it. So I haven't really tried. So and maybe are, you, are you not good at talking smack? No, I'm just not good at, like – I don't know, maybe – Maybe I'm like, why Why would anyone want to see this picture of me? <laughs> oh. Do players campaign at all to make the U.S. men's team? Did you think you had a shot at the U.S. men's team? No, I'm, no I haven't been playing. So, no. I, I would have never put myself in the, the category of thinking I deserve to be on that team. Yeah, see, there's no see, like campaigning. I, I know that, but listen. There's campaigning for everything. I, I know what you're saying. You're not putting out on Twitter, hey, U.S. Men's yeah, Team, yeah. look at me. I'm Jack Scahan. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but isn't that, isn't that the goal? Maybe I'm missing something, but isn't that the goal? Is the, is the ultimate goal to play the U.S. Men's Team, make it to the World Cup, or is it to play Major League Soccer? For, for oh. not, not Europe or EPL, anything of that nature, but just of, of that, that expanse there. My goal is to play in the World Cup. Yep. 100%. Okay. That is what I want to do. And so I'm just, you know, working and trying to trying to get myself on the field as much as possible. And then once I'm on the field, trying to make a difference. And that's, that's a tough thing to do, playing a World Cup. I mean, yeah. tough thing to do. But that's what I'm trying to do. With your contract with San Jose, what's the first big thing you went out and bought? Nothing. <laughs> Damn, man. Come on. I'm in Xbox. And All I regret right. buying it because I don't even, I don't play video games. I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I bought like furniture and stuff. Yeah, I had a car from high school and it's old, but it's fine. I didn't go get a car. I'm not, uh, nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds smart to me. So yeah. that's okay. <laughs> That's such a soccer player mentality. I can't argue yeah. with that. They're Wrong. just, it's, you know, it, for, it's like, I'd rather have a kegger. <laughs> you know, than go out and buy some fly freaking car. I'd just rather have a party with my boys, man. Yeah. Right? There's no doubt. <laughs> hey, man, we'll end it with this, Jack. Thanks for, you've been a, you've been a good sport with, with us here in the Freak Nation. Again, you said you weren't good at talking smack. The Peruvians, when I when we played 
Peruvians on the soccer on on college teams. Those were the bastards. Those were the guys that would headbutt you when the refs weren't looking. Uh, I'm telling you, man. And by the time you wanted to pop them in the face, the ref was already looking at you. And then you get popped. Yeah. Was there a team out there that uh, were just a bunch of SOBs? Or I mean, did you ever get pissed off? You look like a pretty pretty genteel guy to me, man. Well, that's the thing. I haven't played too much, and I'm hoping to get there to where you know that competitive edge really comes out on the field and that'll happen, but no, there hasn't been anyone yet that's really made me mad. I don't think I've been a target. What about from your college days? Oh, yeah. oh from college? Yeah. So our big rivals were Wake and Duke, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like those guys. I like the guys. I like some of the guys who played on the teams. I'm not saying I don't. I know some pretty well, but Wake especially. I didn't like Wake. <laughs> I don't know, man. UNC seems to be more of a, I don't say blue collar, but more of a worldly type accepted university. Duke is just a bunch of prima freaking Donnas. They can kiss my ass. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm with you. I was never going to Duke. That a boy. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't find me there. I mean, Coach K and his hair? Come on, man. Duke basketball, too. I can't even get started. Uh, <laughs> suck. They don't suck. They're actually pretty damn good, aren't they? They're pretty good. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Jack, you've been a good sport, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for having me. One hell of a show to close it out like that with Jack Scahan, Major League Soccer star with San Jose Quakes. That man, let's do it again. Shoot the juice to the moose. And cut it loose. Yep. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.